I am a brain in a jar, untethered from time and space, here to present grim tales of the future. Enjoy. We have an oddly heartwarming story for you tonight, but first, a word from our sponsor. Do you ever look into the night sky and marvel at the sheer size and scope of it all? Do you wonder how many intelligent beings there must be amongst the vast expanse? And do you think to yourself, one day they will bend to my will? Then it sounds like you need to pay a visit to Bob John's Apocalypse Machines. Whether you're wanting to hold a single planet hostage or lay waste a vast intergalactic empire, Bob John's got you covered. Looking for an incurable pathogen that spreads like wildfire and kills with deadly efficiency? Bob John's got it. Need a device that will immediately evaporate all water in a planet's atmosphere? Bob John's got it. Do they have Death Stars, you ask? Fuck yes, they have Death Stars. And now, new and exclusive to Bob John's, it's the button. One press, and all that is and ever was, will cease to be. So why not come down to Bob John's Apocalypse Machine, conveniently orbiting Proxima B in the Alpha Centauri system? Because if someone has to end all of existence, it might as well be you. Gordon Medvedev, age 8, discovered the oldest song in the universe at 10.46pm in his Kansas City home. He had snuck past his parents' bedroom and into the basement, where he sat hunched in front of the wideband subspace receiver he and his father built over the summer. He had turned the dials absent-mindedly, like he always did when listening to the bored hum of the universe, when the nothingness was split by the opening chords of what he knew was a song. It was indescribable, and the 568,000 years it had taken to reach the Midwest had not dulled it. As he listened, he imagined towers of liquid metal that ran like waterfalls, and sapphire cities under a green sky. Gordon's father found his son at midnight, in front of his beloved receiver, swaying to the music. That's enough of that, his father said with a nervous look over his shoulder. He turned off the receiver and picked Gordon up to take him back to bed. You don't want to wake the neighbours. But young Gordon only nodded. He sang himself to sleep with the song he had just heard, as his thoughts wandered to the boulevards of an alien city. The next day, Gordon brought his friends over. He didn't know if he would find it again, or if it was still there. He knew only that he had to show them, show someone. He flipped the power switch, turned the dial and waited. The song came through the speakers as a sudden flash of sound, like the night before. Gordon shut his eyes and threw his hands in the air. In his mind's eye, he soared over a crystal canyon and watched the reflection of a ship as it descended from orbit. When he opened his eyes, his friends were staring at him, open-mouthed and still. Jeremy, his oldest friend, ran his hands over his face, and Catherine looked at the floor and kicked her feet. Patrick chewed his lip and worked his jaw from side to side. He looked like he was going to cry, but when he opened his mouth, a thunderous laugh echoed through the room. <laughs> you doofus! You got me! A blush ran up Gordon's face. What do you mean? Jeremy glanced at Catherine and Patrick, then back at Gordon. There's no sound? Catherine looked up and shrugged. Her voice was a whisper. I, I can't hear anything. 
Gordon spun towards the receiver and pointed. No, look! It's on! It's not a joke, I promise! His friends looked at each other in silence. Jeremy blushed, then stood up and walked up the stairs to the kitchen. Gordon heard a door open and close, but Catherine sat for a moment and looked at Gordon. She opened her mouth like she wanted to say something, but then got up and walked to the stairs. She paused with her hand on the railing. I'm sorry, she said as she began to walk up the stairs. I'm sure the song's very nice. Gordon's parents found him later in the basement where his friends had left him. He had unplugged the headphones and turned up the volume as loud as it would go, and the basement vibrated with alien sounds and phantom images of foreign worlds. Gordon's father covered his ears and his mother winced. Gordon looked at them, and tears ran down his face. It's real. I swear. I'm not making it up. It's real. His mother walked over to him and pulled him into a hug. Oh, sweetie. It's okay. She rocked him from side to side as they fell into rhythm with the alien meter. She hummed the melody and began to whisper words into his ear. Lilting whistles punctuated the clicking static. Gordon looked up at her as she wiped the tears from his eyes. How do you... Gordon began, but she kissed him on the forehead. My mother used to sing it to me when I was a little girl. Gordon's father put a hand on her shoulder and leaned in to brush the hair from Gordon's eyes. Jennifer. She looked at her husband and smiled. He needs to know. She looked at her son and smiled again. We're not from Missouri, honey. Gordon swallowed a sob and looked at his parents. His face fell into a confused expression as he blinked away tears. I know. We're from Wisconsin. Gordon's father laughed. His mother shook her head. Not originally. We're from... much further away. Gordon pushed himself out of a hug and took a step back. Like Ohio? Gordon's father laid his hand on the receiver. The sound swelled until their teeth hummed and the air bloomed with spectral visions of shining cities. The night sky was full of moons and bright with the lights of distant towns. Silver ships cut paths across the scene like water bugs on still water. This, Gordon's father said, is our home. Your home. Gordon stumbled and caught himself on the table. But how? Gordon looked at his parents and shook his head, then doubled over in laughter. <laughs> really? Gordon said as he gasped for air between laughs. Where? The words caught in his throat and he sat down in the chair by the table. What does the song say? He said finally. What does it mean? Gordon's parents leaned on each other and looked at their son. It's a postcard. It says, wish you were here. Gordon closed his eyes and sank into the music. I knew it. listening I am a brain in a jar was produced by me Klaus Brenner Bob John's Apocalypse Machines was written by Klaus Brenner Wish You Were Here 
was written by Dr. Brandon Winter. The voice of the brain was V.O. Mediocre. To hear more of his work or to commission a voiceover, visit fiverr.com slash V.O. underscore Mediocre. The voice from the void was Sarah Nightmare. To hear more of her work or to commission a voiceover, visit fiverr.com slash Sarah Nightmare. Music was by Two Dudes, Wild Wonder, New Alchemist, Memory Theory, Chelsea McGough, and Mississippi Lightning via Soundstripe. We'll be back March 10th. Goodbye.